You're listening to the Harris Beach Podcast, a show that explores evolving issues in the law and how they shape organizations, the way business is conducted, and how we live and work. The information provided in this episode does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials are for general informational purposes only. Thanks for listening. Here's today's host. Hello, my name is Melissa Peterson, and I'm your host for today's podcast. I'm here today with Neil Slifkin and Steve Nonkis, two attorneys who litigate intellectual property matters at Harris Beach. We're here to discuss a success story for our client, John King Chains, that prevented the sale of counterfeit goods and protected the reputation of a 100-year-old company. Welcome to the podcast, Neil and Steve. Thank you. Thanks. Neil, last time you were on the podcast, you shared the details that drove a successful outcome for our client, Izzo Golf. Can you share the background of the John King Chains trademark dispute? Sure. We were retained by John King Chains, a company located near Leeds, England. John King Chains had a U.S. affiliate, and that affiliate had originally been buying the product through the authorized distribution channels from England. And this company, uh, John King Chains, had been making chains in England for uh, approximately 100 years. And these aren't just bike chains. No, these chains are industrial chains that are used in conveyor belts, agricultural equipment, and even roller coasters. So the chain that uh, pulls the roller coaster up the incline may very well be a John King Chains chain. So they had a U.S. affiliate who was selling in the U.S. That affiliate decided to uh, have manufactured chains in Asia and sell those chains under the John King Chains trademarks. This became very concerning to our client, who had a 100-year reputation to protect. So we were retained to prevent the infringement, that is, the sale of counterfeit chains bearing the John King Chains trademarks. Uh, that U.S. affiliate was located in Peoria, Illinois. So we got ourselves admitted to the federal court in Illinois, and we instituted a trademark infringement, and as well as a copyright infringement action based on the use of some John King Chains marketing materials to sell the counterfeit goods. So, Steve, do you often see this type of infringement scenario with global companies operating in different countries, or was this situation unique? So, this kind of situation can arise when you have different entities operating under the same name in different countries. But it can also happen here in the U.S. For instance, when you have a franchise uh, relationship and now the franchisee wants to go off on their own, but they keep using the franchisor's trademarks. So it was a very similar thing in this case because John King Chains, the USA entity, kept using the John King name even though it stopped using the chains from the original company in England. And so our British-English client. They were very eager to protect their name and their reputation. Um, and so, of course, uh, you know, the, the international aspect made it a little different, um, but this kind of thing can happen really whenever uh, you have a trademark license or some other entity involved. And we have also represented in the past foreign entities in US, U.S. courts. For example, we had a Canadian company uh, that we represented in a lawsuit based in California. We had a Liechtenstein company we represented in a case in the Southern District of New York, and we've sued Canadian companies in the U.S. courts as well. So 
we do have a fair amount of experience with companies engaged in global global commerce. How would you describe the legal strategy? Well, we knew that this was a situation that could potentially cause damage to our client when the client was selling high quality chains and the affiliate here in the U.S. started to make chains over in Asia, which were of uncertain quality. And as you can imagine, when you're using a chain to move a roller coaster, there's a fair amount of risk uh, involved if the chain were to break. So we knew we had to act quickly. So we decided to come out very fast and hard against this Peoria, Illinois company. And we uh, hit them with a whole lot of discovery requests, interrogatories, document demands, deposition notices, as well as a motion for preliminary injunction. And the motion for preliminary injunction was designed to very quickly be heard in front of the court um, to shut down the sale as quickly as possible. The result of doing all that was to put a lot of pressure on the small uh, U.S. entity, and we were successfully able to bring them to the bargaining table quickly because they were became overwhelmed with um, the amount of work that they had to do to respond to all of our activities on various fronts. It didn't hurt that we were clearly right. That is true. <laughs> so, given that you were clearly right, what was the outcome? Well. As far as I know, the U.S. entity is still in business, um, but not using the John King Chain's name. Our client now, I believe, has another U.S. affiliate, or maybe they're selling directly into the U.S. So their products are still available in the U.S., uh, and you can be sure today that they are genuine John King Chains. And the client was very pleased with the outcome. So the client's reputation was protected. That is right. Anything else uh, that we didn't cover that you want to mention that factored into this success story? Well, we had a great team. As always, we have very skilled litigators working uh, on the team. And it was not just Steve and me. We had uh, others assisting us as well. And with a strong team and a good strategy, we were able to be very successful. And the client was pleased with the outcome. I think one thing that was fun about this one is that the case was in Illinois. Uh, the client was in England, and they chose us in New York to go to Illinois to represent them. Neil, you and I have represented clients in probably most states in the U.S. Yeah, that's probably true. And how did John King Chains find us and ultimately choose us to represent them? I had a um, longtime contact in England, an attorney who um, I've known for many years, and she recommended me to that client. It was a good outcome, which is always good for a chain pulling a roller coaster. So I'd like to thank both of you for joining me today. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Harris Beach Podcast. Be sure to visit harrisbeach.com to join the conversation and access show notes. Please rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast.